Hello and welcome to Speaking Truth to Power. My name is Irvin Hill and I'm your host. It is now 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here in Stockton, California. And we're going to talk about today's topic on building God's temple, which is not very easy for a lot of us to go through that process. But we're not willing to give up those things that does not meet the standards of living that God expected us to live by. We won't do it. We want to keep that lifestyle, thinking that you have time to change when no day is promised to no one. So if you're thinking you do, it's promised to you, you're wrong. So let's, let's dive into this for a moment about building the temple of God. Uh, and Paul talked about it here. Apostle Paul says that those who are saved by the blood of Jesus are the temple of God, supplies, the foundation of our temple, Jesus Christ and his spirit who lives in us, God through his sovereign grace allows us to finish the construction through our Christian living, our lives and works built upon a beautiful, the temp, beautify the temple. The materials for the construction of the temple are of our own choosing. We can choose non-perishable material gold, silver, and precious stones. Our perishable ones are wood, hay, and straw. All these materials can build temples that are beautiful and appealing to the eye. But the test whether they can withstand the fire of God's judgment. When our works flow from our pure heart, the desire to please God, we have chosen non-perishable material, and our temples can withstand the judgment of God. When we allow personality to replace principles, worldly wisdom to replace spiritual wisdom, and the desire to please men to replace the desire to please God, we have chosen perishable material and our temples will be consumed in the fire of God's judgment. We must always remember that we are God's temple. No longer does God live in a house in Jerusalem. He lives in us and our temple belong to him. How are you holy building God's temple? What material are you using to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ? If we discover that in our spiritual immaturity, we have used wood, hay, and straw, thank God that as we grow in grace, we can renovate our temple by we can renovate our temple by understanding that anything that goes against God's standard of how we should live is rebellious. And rebellious is a form of witchcraft. So we need to be extremely careful about being rebellious against God. And that happens to us. All of us have done this one time or another are still doing that. So we have to really take a look and dive into our, look at ourselves and say, do I have the, the will, the willingness to surrender, the willingness to give up, the willingness to give over, the willingness to give in, and understand there's nothing done by force. God doesn't force you to do anything. But are you willing to give up that smoking cigarettes? Are you willing to give up drinking Mr. Budweiser? Are you willing to give up drinking a Jack and Daniel? Are you willing to give up Mr. Tequila? 
Are you willing to give up Mrs. Strawberry? Daiquiri. Okay, that's not for gay school. She don't get angry with us. Mrs. Strawberry Daiquiri. Are you willing to give up Mrs. Pina Colada? Are you willing to give up those things? Are you willing to give up fornication, adultery? Are you willing to give up lying and blasphemy? Murder? Are you willing to give those things up? If you're not willing to give those things up, there is no way you can build the temple that you should be building that will honor God. There's no way it's gonna happen. You're gonna, you're gonna go through so much. You basically, what's gonna happen is God just gonna kill you. All of us, if we don't change, because all those things, the willing to give up, the willing to surrender, the willing to give in, the willing to give over, puts us in the point of leading us to holiness. And our Heavenly Father is holy. So therefore, if we're not willing to be holy, there's no way you can enter in or be in the body of Christ if you're gonna do that. And as I said earlier, there's a process once you give all that up. Now, once you choose to give it up, and just remember, when you choose to pick up that cross and follow Christ, he was nailed to the cross, foot, feet, hands and feet, and are you willing to give up the freedom to use of those hands, the freedom use of your feet, and are you willing to be pierced in the head so you can, that kernel mind can be, can, can now be free from the sin. See, so the temple, this, let's look at it like this. When you go by our house and you walk in there and you look around and you don't like the, the, the paint job that's on there, you don't like the carpet that's on the floor, you don't like the design in the bathroom, the master bedroom doesn't look right to you, uh, you prefer hardwood floor than have carpet throughout the house. And the first thing that comes to your mind is, I want to gut this out. I don't want to keep this. So you pull the carpet up, you and your husband or whoever, your boyfriend, y'all go buy new paint, new designs, you gut it all out to get it to the way you want it. Now, take a look at yourself. The inner part of the man, the inner part of the woman. If you cannot hate your life, and Christ said, you gotta hate your life. You have to even hate your own mother, father, brothers, sisters, life. If you can't do that, you cannot build disciple peace. Because if your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, and you have a lifestyle that's a sinful lifestyle that does not meet the standard of God, there's no way you can build disciple peace. There's no way it's going to happen. And we have to understand that that, that is something that he will not go for it. Christ will not go for it at all. So, just remember that uh, it's not gonna be easy, it's not gonna be overnight. You can change to in order to be able to uh, build that temple. And honestly, you cannot do it by yourself because the enemy is always going to be in the way. Now, I want you to understand something. If you do make your mind to go to Christ, to follow him, it's going to be some pain. And the first pain you're going to go through is when you choose to say, I'm not drinking no more, I'm not smoking no more, I'm not fornicating no more, I'm not dressing 
all ferocity, and I'm not all out there wide open no more. You're going to go through it where it's going to be people in your family, close ones that's going to be challenging you, the ones that's going to verbally beat you up and persecute you because you're changed. Your inner circle going to get smaller than what it is. And you have very few friends because now you're not walking. You're not showing that you care about the things of this world anymore. It's all about what God thinks now. And that's where your mindset is going to cause folks to walk away from you. And that's fine. That's fine. You have to set yourself apart. Because there's going to be other like-minded people like you that you're going to be able to get along with that speak the same language, that speaks the, the walk that you walk and understand that you're going to be different, that you're going to become a beacon. But in order to get to that process, start that process, that's just part of it. But to really kick it off, now you got to be willing to repent, willing to forgive, ask for forgiveness, and be able to really forgive leads to your salvation, leads to baptism. Leads to baptism. Because remember, you are the temple of God. Now you need to be gutted out too. Just like you gutted out your house, you got to be gutted out. Now are you willing to be gutted out? Because in order for that to take place, you have to remember that you're going to be baptized, which means you need a, a heart transplant. You need to, a repentance heart transplant. And the only way you're going to do that, you're going to be baptized. And you have to remember what Peter said in Acts 2.38, which many folks are not baptized the right way because they're in a lot of false churches. They need to come out of it and find you a church that has a pastor or an apostle that's anointed, that was sent by God. Because God did say, I will first send prophets and apostles. He said in Jeremiah, I will put a, a shepherd in place that will feed you. Because remember, he said in, in Jeremiah 23, he said, woe unto the pastor scattered sheep. They're never gonna talk about that, that uh, Jeremiah, right? God said, woe unto the pastor scattered sheep, because it puts them up on the fire. Because they scattered the sheep spiritually. And there are many people sitting on the pews that are dying spiritually because they're not being fed. And what they're being fed is sour milk and meat that's still running blood. Let's be real. That's why I come from they're saying speak truth to power. And see, anyone that gets in the pulpit is a power. And you have to speak truth to power when they cause an error in the church. Because remember, people, that the enemy infiltrated the pulpit first. See, we are like a compass. Look at your body. Stretch your arms out. There's north, south, east, and west. And the biggest problem God has with us is north, our mind. Where do the enemy tax us at? The mind. Even when you're sleeping, even when you send your prayers, some of the craziest things will come to you. While you're sleeping, the body relaxing, the mind is busy. The enemy is attacking the mind. So this is why it's so important to get gutted out, cleaned out, and the way you build that temple is through baptism. So this is why many of you guys and women, when you go to most churches, you never hear them talk about repentance, talk against sin. Why is that? 
Think about this, this description in, in Proverbs. Okay, when a dog vomits, won't he return back and lick it all up? He will return back and lick it all up. A hawk eats his food out of the slot, but he'll turn around and go back and wallow if he wanted. Think about it. So most folks in so much sin, the pastor knows that so much sin, because he's in so much sin. You don't care about what he says or what comes out of his mouth because as long as you're not speaking against the sin that you're committing, it doesn't bother you not one bit. So he can say what he wants. Well, that's not good because all he's doing is setting you up for him. Blind leading the blind. Sitting in the pews, spiritually dead. If y'all all remember, Christ just said in Matthews, let the dead bury the dead and follow me. That is what's happening today because the church is polluted. If the church is polluted, that's just the building itself, you guys. We are the church. That's why God said you are the temple of God. He dwells in you, but he can't stand you be dwelling you. You're filthy and nasty. Look at it like this. We have a, a tendency when it's time to go out to the movies or go to a show or go to a premiere, go to a game. You try your best to look the best you can. You get your hair done, your hair cut, get new clothes, new shoes, everything. Go to that event. All those are cleaned up, but your heart and your mind is filthy as a rag. All of us are guilty of that. Filthy as a rag. We'll go clean our car up and polish it all up, but we got the most filthiest thoughts. And then how can you say, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to church. But did you go to church with Jesus? When you cannot even deny your lifestyle that you have and cannot deny the lifestyle of your parents, your mother, your father, your brother, and sister that are living out of, out of the standards of God that you know are sinning, creating all type of pollution, not only just in their lives, but in everybody else's lives that are around them and you say you're going, there is no way you picked up the cross and followed Christ. There is no way that we will be a disciple of Christ if we cannot deny the lifestyle that we have and deny the lifestyle that our family members are living. Living and we are not speaking against it. Not even speaking against our own lifestyle. We enjoy it, but we say we're going to church. Most of us say, if I have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can move on you, but is it in you? And you cannot get it unless you have a repentant heart to receive the Holy Spirit. Now let's listen to what Peter said in Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. 2.39, he said, for the promises unto you, and to your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now think about this. The youth make up the church, but you look at many churches now, there are not very many youths. If there's not youth in the church, it's going to be a dead church. Now let's be 
realness be truth. If you choose that you want to live a sinful life, that's a choice that you can choose to do. But your children don't deserve that. At least give them an opportunity to know who God is, to know who Christ is, and to be baptized one day under Acts 2.38. Give them an opportunity. Do not defile their life because yours is defiled. And all those things that said about how to defile the life, what Jesus said about defiling, is what comes out of the heart that defiles a man. Not what goes in, but what comes out. The lying, the backbiting, fornication, adultery, murder, all those things defile a man. And we have a tendency when someone don't wash their hands, you go, I don't want to eat nothing from him or her or from them children, their hands, they don't wash their hands. In the eyes of God, that doesn't make them defile. It what comes out of the heart that defiles a man. Think about it, people. I thank you for listening. It's been my time, and before I go, I would appreciate very much if you would like, comment, and follow, and share. It would be very appreciated. Here, I'm gonna only gonna speak the truth and not be afraid. Remember, God did not give you a spirit of fear, and you believers, don't be afraid to speak out. It's been my time. Thank you. God bless. In Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen.